Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. There's so much negativity going on with this uh, Labor government at the moment and them bowing down to a lot of pressure. I thought it would be uh, interesting if we took a snapshot over what has been a debungle from the get-go. Uh, the Inland Rail, which has been identified as one of Australia's major, major national freight networks, has been nothing but diabolical with how they've gone about it. Wes Judd from the Milmerin Rail Group Chair uh, joins us this morning. Hello, mate. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Ben. Let's step through it. There's been some significant concerns um, have been identified finally, um, and that is long overdue. You're obviously very close to this. The Inland Rail was established with a 1,700-kilometre link from Melbourne to Brisbane, but they never looked at floodplains, prime agricultural land, all these other issues, yet they just went ahead with it. Well, now the review has got some concerns. Oh, I don't even know yeah. where to begin. I don't know where to begin with all this. <laughs> no, it's um, an interesting process that's been allowed to evolve and, frankly, under the oversight of several ministers, uh, I, we realise that ARTC is a corporation of the government and it's at arm's length, but the responsibility at the end of the day lies um, directly with the department and the minister. And I couldn't um, take up your time and your listeners' time to explain the whole thing from way to go because this started in September 2016, this announcement about this Queensland section and what was going to take place. And on top of that, it's gone now from a cost of around $4 billion or 4 dollars I think, when it was first muted, and it's now in the vicinity of 20 plus. And I don't need to tell your listeners about what building costs are doing at the moment, so if that's the last point, I'd be surprised. Will you see it go ahead? Do you think it goes ahead? Well, the reality of it is, Ben, we've said all along we've got no issue with it going ahead, none whatsoever. We've never been against inland rail or what they wanted to do or propose. If the business case stacks up for that, the nation needs it, then build the thing. Our gripe has been the way they've gone about it, as you've just explained, and we we believe will now be highlighted in this report. It's not released yet, but it's imminent. And from the little bits that we have heard, it'll be probably pretty damning, the ARTC and the way they've conducted it. So the issues that we've been pointing out now since 2016 have never, ever really been properly addressed. Ever, ever been properly addressed. And I think we've got now a perfect case in point in relation to this second range crossing. It's nothing to do with inland rail, but it comes back to an engineering discussion that we've had with these people over many, many meetings and discussions. Uh, From knowledge that's there and local knowledge that's there and local records that's there, never, ever properly been taken into account in relation to the floodplain and the adjoining properties and the impact for them. They don't wanted to take any notice of that in, in, in reality. They say they do. They say they've changed their, their design and everything else. Every time they do that, it adds to the cost. And if I go back to the second range crossing, we've just now lost four months of access to those eastern eastbound lanes on that um, crossing. Yep. Sent all that heavy transport back through Toowoomba. And when I think about that, okay, it was engineered, it was built, that's really good. But it's like you build a house with half 
what ought to be in there. It's never going to be fit for task. Yeah. So what came along in June through to um, late October last year in the wet weather really showed that the engineering wasn't probably up to it. And so come back, well, we couldn't, we've engineered it to a point, we've engineered it to a cost, and there's the result, and that's what people fear about this out here. So once they de- this report gets released, Wes Judd, and we're talking to Wes Judd, who has been an advocate to try and get it changed. We know we know the floodplains. We know what it was going to do. We've seen it all. We've seen it all. We actually know it shouldn't be built there. Once this report comes through, does it get actioned? Well, you would hope so, and I think um, we've uh, dealt all the way through with both sides of politics um, to make sure that they understand these issues. Um Prior to the election, before the Labor government was elected, they were sympathetic towards it. And you've only got to go to the Senate inquiry that occurred. Um, they were probably one of the main drivers behind the scenes to get that up. And then not only that, they had several of their senators sit on it. Um, we've had plenty of discussions when Catherine King was the shadow minister. So they know well and truly these issues. They also know we're not against inland rail. We're against what they're trying to do when they've got alternatives. If they didn't have alternatives, it'd be a different story. So I would hope um, the interest of government, for the interest of the landholders and the interest of taxpayers, that it would get actioned. That would be the, the ultimate outcome, and you would hope that that would be the case. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right, and I, I thought – I absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I just feel for the time. It's. I mean, you, you, you're a farmer. You're a, you, you run an operation, there, and there's many people like yourself that have had to dedicate thousands and thousands of hours. Where's the compensation in that? Well, we'll never get that back. But the reality of it is, it has to be done because um, if we'd have never said a word about it, and we've had plenty of critics, let me tell you, Ben, saying, "Shut up and get on. Let it. Let them get on with it." That's been the view. And I won't go into where that's come from, but I'm pretty disappointed with some of the, the corners that that has come from. Yeah. And I've said to those, um, push back on that argument. Uh, well, if we'd have never said a word about it and we'd let it go on, what would we have got? And the reality of it is it would have been a pretty ordinary outcome and there'd have been a lot of then ongoing um, impact for landholders. But the other thing that disturbs me more is we know what it takes to repair from floods and deal with infrastructure damage. We live in it and we live on it. Yeah. Uh, this project, it puts this project uh, under threat from, uh, you know, disruption down the track. No different to that to the range. So how that adds up then for their customers in a business case, I'm not sure. And we've got governments on one hand buying back houses in flood regions now because the the, out, the look of that is really crook. But yeah. then on the, one, on the other hand here, they want to build here where they know they should not be and <laughs> as I said, when they've got alternatives. Oh, but, you're dead right. They're buying back flood country where houses go, but that yeah, unbelievable. They'll build on agricultural land where there's flood country. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wes, thank you, mate. We'll be waiting for this report. I appreciate your time this morning. Okay. Good on you. Where's Judd, Mill Rail Group chairman, and he, uh, this 
but major findings will be released shortly. Um, the Transport Minister, Catherine King, and Finance Minister, Katie Gallagher, on Monday confirmed the Inland Rail uh, project review had been delivered to the government, noting the findings were troubling and the concerns were valid. So we'll wait and see. Big thing about the cost, $20 billion. It's like a bloody stadium again. Gee whiz, unreal. This is Rural Queensland today.